You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. Here are your hosts. I'm Rashida, a motherless mom of a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Yep, that is two under four. And I'm Kara, a motherless mom with a three-year-old, an angel baby, and one on the way. Let's dig in. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Grieving Mamas Club. Today, we are going to talk about the five to seven stages of grief. (laughs) Sometimes eight. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about all the stages of grief. Might be up to 12. We're not sure. And how that has showed up in our lives since we've lost our moms. And then also just kind of tying it back into the pandemic that we're in, like, We've all gone through the stages of grief at some point or another, big or small, during this past 18, 19 months. But before we do it, jump into that. How was your week, Kara? Oh, man. Well, it's Tuesday. Feels like Friday. And I feel like I say this every week, but how is it only Tuesday? True. <laughs> but also, like, I have a lot to do at work. So I'm like, thank God it's only Tuesday. Yeah. You ever feel like that where you're like, my to-do no. list is really long? You're like, no, F no. Mm-mm. My to-do list is so long and I'm off of work like at the end of next week and I just got a lot going. Oh. Like, a lot to get done. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have something to look forward to. I mean, Not me. I mean, <laughs> aside from this new, you know, bundle of joy that's awaiting in January. But no. Yeah, if I had, I, that's a lot of stress. Like preparing to go out of town is so much stress or to go on vacation or just to take PTO in general is so for, for extended amounts of days. Yeah. Like in my mind, I am like, Oh, I have to like put together a whole like fucking cheat sheet. And then I could probably just answer these emails on my own, but I, I want to be disconnected. Yes. It's so worth it. Mm-hmm. So worth it to be disconnected. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work on the upfront and it's a lot of work on the back end. <laughs> I, was like, I was nodding with you. I was like, yeah, the back front. Yep. Man, it's worth it in, in the middle and that sweet time and the PTO. It, it's, it's worth it. But oh, yeah, I was just gonna say, I wish we could be just like a smidge more like the European where they're just like, no, I logged off at two and I'll see you Thursday. Maybe, you know, and I like, know. And they seem to get stuff done. Yeah. I like, do they have anxiety over there? Well, I don't know. They get a whole fucking year for maternity leave. So Rob's not. I'd guess not. <laughs> a year. Could you? Oh, Rashida. Could you? I you know. I mean, I was going over my maternity leave policy with my manager and my husband last week. And I was, <laughs> was in tears because we, we have a great maternity leave I was going to say, you guys probably have, uh, don't you have four months? No. Okay. No, she got sorry. Twelve weeks. So three mm-hmm. months. Okay. She got she got twelve weeks. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's all paid. hundred percent. Which is okay. Great. So that's good. Yeah, I know, Rashida, but it's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's, it's your credit. You are it's absolutely one thousand percent correct. Yeah. So I mean, and what I heard was like you get eight weeks paid and blah blah blah. And I was like, only eight weeks? What am I supposed to just Poor little sweet little babe is supposed to just go to daycare and so little. And not that 12 weeks makes it better, but it kind of does. But I mean, still, I remember when I had Ellie, it's like at three months, it's like when they start sleeping through the night Mm -hmm. and you start feeling like a little bit better, not only about yourself, but like mentally. Yes. You know, for not feel like a straight up train wreck. Yes, exactly. You know, you both have your, the baby, you and the baby and your family have your rhythms down and your pattern, mm-hmm. patterns down. So anywho, three months is when everybody's getting their, getting in their groove. You're feeling mm-hmm. good-ish. You're feeling better. Everyone's, you know, and all of a sudden you got to like put on work brain. So. And it's actually like, I, it's shocking that we're expected to go back to work Dads included, like dads get no time, but you're expected like your whole life has changed. For women, our whole anatomy has fucking changed. Our brains have actually changed and we are supposed to go back to work 12 weeks later as if we never had a child, which is wild. 
It's wild. I will say that where I work, they I also have a phase back. They have a phase back program. So you start off with like only working 25% and then each week it kind of gradually. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's tight. But at the same time, like it's it's still, it's like you don't have, you don't, it's just your brain and everything. And yeah, I know. I feel bad for the dads too. I think Brian gets like two weeks, which is like good compared like for a lot of places. But you know, he's still sorry. They're like pounding around up there. <laughs> we know that mama mama has a hustler and she's yes <laughs> trying to make things happen. Jesus. <laughs> Could you shut up up there? I love no, I really that, but... I really can't hear him. Okay. Well, the truth but you're like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, so anyway, so dads are only get two weeks off and like, you know, they're still having to like wake up in the wake and wake up in the middle of the night. I use that term loosely, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, their sleep is disturbed, which from what I can understand can make them tired, poor things. But you know, <laughs> we had, so, so we did, and I highly recommend this to anybody having a child. So Ben and I did shifts, which in hindsight, the shifts is he really got the raw end of the deal because we did the shifts would work where you each got to have four uninterrupted hours of sleep. And in that person got to go into what we call the sleep oasis. And it was the guest room with them. And it was our room with P. So you could go into the sleep oasis and unless the house is on fire, the other person was not to wake you up. Wow. Like the house, like the house literally needed to be burning down and a tornado was also happening at the same time before you were allowed to wake up the person in the sleep oasis. And so beautiful. Yes. And so I, I would sleep. I had the first shift to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I would sleep from nine to one ish pump. And then Ben would sleep from one to six-ish, essentially. So you each got like four and a half, four hours-ish of sleep. Yeah. And then what, yeah, whatever happened, if if you happen to get lucky and baby slept during your shift, then woohoo, you got eight hours of sleep. But if not, you were at least guaranteed your four. Right. Four to five. And it worked fabulously for us like i would pump just to make sure he had enough milk that i literally don't fucking wake me up and that was it and i didn't wake him up and we did that probably until i went back to work because then the kids were sleeping enough that only one of us needed to get up oh my gosh that's so wow that's dreamy i want that now yeah what did you call the sleep oasis the sleep oasis that's what we call the room <laughs> that you got to sleep in. That sounds just lovely. And like sound machines would be on, fans would be on. So like hear you hear absolutely nothing. Ooh, it's dark. Dark, dark as hell. Put a like a little like face, like the eye. What are those eye cover things called? Oh yeah, I have those. Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't know why. I have I'll send you a photo. Wait a minute. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know how it started, but I do know how it's going. And now my three and a half year old likes to sleep with his mask. Ding dong. I love it. Well, how was your week, Rashida? How had your Monday and Tuesday been so far? Well, girl, I had a wedding on Saturday. Yeah, you did. And I was unwell until yesterday. What is you? I might have been I might have been unwell until this morning for all I know. <laughs> but I do have my, my podcast line, my little baby. <laughs> Oh, wait, my God. I thought you had been drinking it for a while. That is a baby pour. No. <laughs> She's like, I got to do it. My little baby pour. So the thing about weddings, I was talking about this with the coworker. The thing about weddings is you you drink so much so fast that like you can't get a hold of it. Like, like you can't. Like, like it's I would never just get wildly plastered at home not even because I'm against getting wildly plastered at home. Like if that's what you do on Saturdays, do you? Yeah. However, however, the rate of which I am drinking on a Saturday is just slower. And so like you have time for the alcohol to like catch up. And then all of a sudden and and being hungover or being drunk actually fills me with a crap ton of anxiety because we 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 have kids to take care of still. Yes. And so when I'm drinking at home, the rate is slower. Therefore, by the time I start feeling buzzed, I'm like, oh, I can stop now and just go to bed. I'm gonna go to bed. Right. Like, right. And it's, 
snacking too and yeah and then walking around running around you're you're active you know correct just correct and in any situation I will always choose sleep like in any situation like you can have this amazing beautiful wonderful best drink you've ever had in your life or you can go to sleep for eight hours and I will always choose going to sleep for eight hours always thousand percent thousand always 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 so I have not actually ingested that much alcohol uh, like since Oh, I know when. Since the were you at Brighton in twenty eighteen? No. Okay. The Christmas party got out of hand. And that's the last hangover I had and the last time I was like wildly out of control. And it was twenty eighteen. December twenty eighteen was the last time. Wow. Yes. And I'm and it's not even like and I'm a girl who drinks. Like it's not even like that's the last time I had a drink. I'm a girl who drinks. I mean, pregnancy, then pandemic, I guess. And I was pregnant during the hard part of the pandemic. So it's not like I was just getting bombed. I don't know. Long story short, I was overserved, <laughs> consistently overserved. <laughs> and the food was good, but it's a wedding. So there wasn't like enough. Like I probably needed some more carbs. And yes. I was, there was a certain point in time of which I like remember thinking to myself, okay, I, I'm going to drink this and then I'm going to drink some water. And I never had the water. When it, it was, sounds like you were just having way too much fun. Like, like, we, that's a fun wedding. It, it was so fun. It was such a fun wedding. And I knew both the bride and the grooms. And that's like always fun when you know the couple. Yeah. And they had they had a aft, an after party at Brennan's in the Central West End. And so then we all just like walk over to Brennan's, spill into Brennan's where they've got like appetizers and drinks and stuff. And uh, Ben and I immediately slam like two whiskey cocktails for whatever you drink whiskey. Oh, I love whiskey. I am okay. a whiskey gal. But like, did I need two in 45 minutes? No. <laughs> oh, but you each had two. Correct. Oh, my gosh. I thought initially you were just like it was two, like both of you each had one. No, my gosh, two, no, two. Oh, she two. Hung over thinking this for you. Yeah, it was not good. And then on the way home, I was like, our our neighbors were still out, like, because we're close with our neighbors on our street. So I was like, oh, let's go to our neighbor's house. And Ben was like, absolutely not. Get your booty inside, pretty much. No way. You're friend. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yes. Yes. The next morning, I was unwell. Were you throwing up? I. Did not throw up, but there were several moments I thought I was going to. So like Ben's mom is like, okay, we're going to drop the kids back off because they stayed the night with their grandparents. And so what? Ben's mom's like, okay, your kids are ready to come home. And I'm like, no, they're not. No. <laughs> they're not no, ready they're not. to come home. Susan, can you give me just another hour? <laughs> Jesus, Susan. I need a hearty bacon, egg and cheese biscuit before I can get ready to do this. No, you know, she's she's in the process of driving back over to drop them back off. And Ben's like, OK, so this is going to be a shitbag parent day. OK, can we agree that that's what this is? And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dom's going to get his iPad all day, like pee. I, she might play in the toilet. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Fine. Guess who doesn't want their iPad all day? Why? Since when? I know. What? Oh, my God. It was. The most miserable day ever. We had to DoorDash Gatorades twice because we ran out. DoorDash Gatorades twice. Jonna, <laughs> Kira from 7-Eleven. Okay. Oh my God. How, much, how much did your Gatorades cost? With like the DoorDash. $2.99 a Gatorade, but like it was life or death. I don't know, Kira. Like, I don't know. But how much? <laughs> do you have like a DoorDash description subscription? Yes, oh. indeed I do. You can get, uh, if you order $12, a minimum of $12 most places you can get free delivery. So, I mean, we needed seven Gatorades, so it all worked out. What flavor Gatorade? We needed seven Gatorades twice. Yeah. Okay. What flavor Gatorade? Well, Ben is a lemon-lime. He just calls it yellow. I know, it's fucking weird. He just calls it yellow. I am a Glacier Freeze kind of yes. gal, but I was, mm-hmm. feeling, I was feeling extra saucy and got great. <laughs> yeah, you both are fabulous choices, I have to say. <laughs> yes, it was... We we were unwell. And then I woke up I woke up on Monday, so yesterday, and was like, Okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. Let me try this Peloton workout. And then my body was like, Girl, nah. Too much. 
I know because you're like, you're like, if I just sweat, just just get through this workout, I'll feel better. And then that, that's a real dicey situation because no, my thighs like gave out halfway through. <laughs> and then and then like a migraine will come on for me at least at, like, in the past. Like just try to like, power through, and it's just like, oh man, I really have just really done a number on myself now. Now only am I over, but now we have a migraine, and now my body is also physically more exhausted than when I started. Yes. Yes. And I off to McDonald's I go. Again for the third day. That's what I was getting ready to say. Is that then now now I like I needed vegetables today. Like I was like I don't like I've eaten crap food for three days now. Yes. Yes. And at some point your body is just like, all right, you need to get back on the horse, sister, and and eat a salad of something something of health. A vegetable. I bet you had some broccoli on tap. Sure did. Had some tonight, girl. <laughs> she had a little broccoli. I have broccoli. We had broccoli tonight, too. And there's this recipe. I think I've tried telling you about it, but I keep getting like we go off on tangents. But there is this chick um, called the Car Mom. On yes, you sent this Car to Mom. me. Oh, yeah. So it's browned butter. Just butter. Just brown some butter in a saucepan. Mm-hmm. Lowry seasoning. I'm, I'm already in. Yeah. Black people love Lowry. So, yes. Oh, okay. Interesting yeah. tidbit. Did not know that. So we didn't have any Lowry's, but we did have Lion's Choice seasoning. So I figured it was like pretty much the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did not. Ha- also, we did not have lemon, but you're supposed to add lemon. Man, this shit was good. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> you just said, so like, yeah, we, it was a broccoli recipe, but like we didn't have broccoli. So we used carrots. And then we <laughs> didn't like, you're supposed to use Lowry's and we, we didn't have that. So we just used like a little bit of salt and pepper and like, was good and then you were supposed to put a little bit of butter but we didn't have that either so we used water <laughs> it was delish <laughs> yeah i can't i can't wait till i can actually follow the recipe because because <laughs> this version was der- when i did actually throw in some other vegetables like we had like some color kind of mash with like of zucchinis and green beans okay. and, and onions and it, it was still pretty good um absolutely did not make the recipe that you saw no you, no. you, you, Ben would call this whenever I just go off script like that. He calls it Rashidifying recipes. You Rashidifying. Care, you carified that recipe. <laughs> you made it work. You know, at this point, I'm just like, just trying to fill, fill the tummy, but not overfill because then I can't breathe. So yeah, there's that, you know, yeah, there's that. Anywho. All right. Now that we spent the first 25 minutes BSing about hangovers and such man we've covered a lot of topics so i and delicious delicious broccoli recipes yeah <laughs> delicious like some kind of recipe and combating maternity leave and yeah let's get into those stages of grief what do you let do it okay so initially when we were planning for this and i think you've done i know you've done a lot of research you've done. This is actually one thing I love about you, Kara and Kip and I were talking about this. When you oh. are, when you are in on something, you are in on something. Like you, you decide you're into it and you research the shit out of it. And you're <laughs> not wrong. You just <laughs> dive into it and you know all the things about it, which is, which is what I love. So you've did a b- lot of research on grief and like understanding that was part of how you were coping and understanding yeah. the stages and understanding where you were in them and all of that stuff. And so I've heard you talk about there being how many stages did you say eight? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, there's, it's up for discussion. So, you know, it's when you Google stages of grief, mm-hmm. it's all five stages, five stages. And then then you kind of get in a little bit deeper and it's like there are the seven mm-hmm. stages of grief, which include a state of disbelief and numbed, mm-hmm. uh, numbed feelings. But, but so, I mean, and then, you know, and then it can even go into like eight, which is a healing ish. But mm-hmm. here, oh, yeah, here's another thing. I just 12 steps in a grief process. I saw that too. Yeah. So, I mean, when my mom passed away, someone reached out to me and said, what you're going through is a stage of grief. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah. She's like, just Google it. And I'm like, what are you, stages of grief? I had no clue. So then I started Googling and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I feel all of this, except for, I, I mean, I 
have kind of always said, and, and when I've talked to people and talked to our listeners, that I never really experienced anger. So there's five stages. There's denial, anger, mm-hmm. bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And it's not linear. So you don't go, you don't mm-hmm. jump from denial to anger, to bargaining, to depression, to acceptance. You're all over the damn place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in fact, today, today's been a tough day for me. And actually, like a sad, just had to cry it out again. And it, I hate these days when I just feel, you so know, I, so do I. And they still, even 16 years, they still happen, you know, and I, but not again, not, not probably as frequent as they are happening to you. Cause you are still so new in your journey, Kara. So any feelings you are feeling, I would say, you know, as a non-licensed therapist, you're still so new into your grief journey. So I, I would personally think that any feelings you are feeling are still very valid. And they're still, val- anybody's feelings on a grief journey are still very, very valid. So yeah, I, right. I, have the, I have those days too, where you are just, for no, sometimes for no effing raising at all, I am just, I miss my mom that day. Yeah. And it was like, all out, like, I haven't cried like this in a long time. Just all out sobbing, like, can't catch my breath. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to, I just so desperately just want my mom back. And mm-hmm. I know that, in re- okay, this is how I think about it. Yeah. I know that if I did have my mom, if she didn't die from cancer, would she have died from cancer eventually? I don't know, but I just want my, I just want my mom back. And I want to have the life that I have now, but I guess I have to also look at it as, you know, as I've mentioned before, I was so codependent upon my mom. If there's any, if there's any good that has come from this grieving process Mm -hmm. is that I have truly discovered myself Mm -hmm. and I've been able to become true to who I am and live life for me, not on her terms. So I guess, you know, that there's been a lot of good because I need to focus on that. So sure, sure. But you know how I feel about like, no, no, be grateful for us here. You are also allowed to be like, but this sucks. Like I allow myself to be, and even though, and I've said this on my blog, and I think I said this in the last episode or in a previous episode, I would like, I watched this episode. So, okay. Story time. I watched this episode of This Is Us a long time ago. I was pregnant, I believe. And do you ever ever watch This Is Us? No, but it sounds like a terrible combo because I know it's highly emotional and that being pregnant on top of it. It it, it is. It is. And it's also, it could be triggering for those on a grief journey, but I think I've been so far removed from the initial loss, maybe. I don't know. It's actually a great, it's a great show to watch about the grief journey and how it is not linear. Really, oh, it is. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful show about that. So anyways, the three main characters, their dad dies when they are, I want to say 17. And the, but the show picks up, it goes back and forth in between like them as kids and them at, I think the show picks up on their like 36th birthday and they're in like season five now. So they're like 40. But there's one episode where Randall, he is in therapy and he's talking to his therapist about the life he would have if his dad was still alive and what he pictured was exactly the life he had like he ends up with the same wife and the same house and with the same kids and the same job and like yeah all of these things and so he's like describing it blah 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 and the therapist stops him and is like you realize that wouldn't be your life though right like why because well well no not and not and not in a good or bad way it's a neutral it's a neutral like if you think about your life as a domino of decisions and things that have happened, like in an alternate universe, you wouldn't necessarily have the same life. Like you would have made other decisions. Yeah. And I think this is something, the further you get out from the lost care up from the lost care, because it's still so fresh. It's still so fresh. Like you can still imagine where you were a year and a half ago. Yep. So a of all, definitely be graceful on yourself because you are still so close to the loss. But I think for me, I, my life is so different that it is, 
hard for me sometimes to even like go back and think through what my life would be like if my mom was still here, because I know for a fact there were there were decisions I made after my mom passed away that set my life on the trajectory that it's in, it, it is on now. So like I for sure wanted to go to Missouri State, which was Southwest Missouri State, actually, back when my mom was alive. And I ended up picking Mizzou because it was closer to home and I was too afraid to leave my family again or to leave loved ones and go that far away. So I ended up picking Mizzou. Okay, fast forward. Then that's how I got the friends I got. Then like blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And so like where I'm at now is, yes, I miss my mom, but I want her in the exact life I have now. Right. But how hard is it to know if this is the exact life I would have if I hadn't lost her? Yeah. It's a mind fuck. That's all one giant mind fuck. It is. But I think that I, uh, and it's kind of like a realistic way of looking at it though, too, because (laughs) maybe, maybe it kind of helps you, helps me come to grips too with if it were this way, if it were the way it was things wouldn't be as they are now because like you said, it's a trajectory of decisions and, you know, saying yes and no to things. And mm-hmm. that, that's the path that it leads you down. And I think for me, that has helped me stay in this acceptance, in the acceptance form. So I think that this idea that if my mom was still alive, my life might not be what it is today is what has helped me stay in this, like in the acceptance phase of grief, I guess. And I don't, and I I quote acceptance stage because it's like, it's acceptance high and acceptance low. Yeah. But it has helped me stay there ish because I can't imagine my life without Dom and Parker. Like I can't, like, I don't want to, I never like, and so I would do, I would just, I would walk through fire for them over and over and over again. And I would, so I can't. Right. That's the way I think I'm normalizing it in my head, not normalizing it, but like making it work in my head is that to get me to where I had, I had to go through the heartbreak to get me to where I am. Yes, I know. And I think about that a lot, Rashida, when I'm feeling down about how you said that you would be hard pressed to choose a different life or choose another life or Mm -hmm. whatever it is because of where you are now. And Mm-hmm. It's something that I think it helps me. But it's yeah. still hard. It's but it's still so hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that's really stuck with me, it's like, I think that when I initially started learning or researching about the stages of grief, and I learned that it wasn't linear and mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. continuous, and I was so pissed. Yeah. Like, what yeah. do you mean? Like, I'm never just going to, like, be better. I'm never just going to get older. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't. And I think that the sooner you can, unfortunately, just accept that that grief is the price we have to pay for loving someone or mm-hmm. something so deeply that it's just, it, it's just going to become a part of your life. And I think it maybe it just makes grieving, maybe it makes it a little bit easier, maybe more tolerable. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, I, totally get where you're coming from in that if I, I didn't learn any of all the stages of grief or that grief isn't linear until I was a little further along in my grief journey. And so I do agree with you. I think that if someone had told me, said to me, well, grief isn't linear, it's still going to hurt 16 years from now, I would have been like, the fuck? But I think where it comes into play is that Knowing that grief isn't linear gives you permission to feel your feels. So if you flip it and think about it that way, like knowing that today you had a bad day and that's okay. Tomorrow, 16 years and some months later, I might have a bad day too. And I think knowing that grief isn't linear and that this is just the natural process of the price you pay for love, as you say, helps you the further you get down it. Right. There is this, there is this website called grief.com and they're like, yep, we're taking it. We're paying us. They probably bought that in like 95. No kidding. Yes. 
And yeah. this um, author named David Kessler, who he apparently co-authored two books with another, with a chick named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who I think kind of coined the state. Yes, so the, the, fi- the original three. five stages. Yes. Yeah. And so when I came across him and, and grief.com, I remember sending it to my dad and my brother. I'm like, you guys, I, I felt like I had just like struck gold, like with this knowledge of dad, Chris, this is what, this is it. This is like, this, it just really helped me. You know, like I said, they've been on their own grief journey. Mm-hmm. I think that they maybe read it, but that's, you know what? And that's okay. What was also interesting to me is because I often find myself thinking about what was my mom going through while she was on hospice? You know, she scared. had to scared as shit. And, you know, what did she have to, to come to grips, to having to come to grips with being like, okay, I'm going to die. I am going to let go. And just at that point, you know, just let go and have faith that whatever is going to happen to you next, it's going to be for the best. When the last day I saw my mom was a Monday, it was April 27th, my parents' 35th wedding anniversary after Monsignor came over and gave my mom her last rites and renewed my parents' wedding vows. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the 35th wedding anniversary. It was it was really cool, it, I guess. No, it's, I know, it, I guess, yeah. It's um, beautiful, I think, might be the word, but I know I get what you're saying. And I think listeners are going to get what you're saying, too. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. So anyway, I don't even know why I shared that, but (laughs) because the point I want to get to is when we we were saying our goodbyes, because we all kind of knew that that was that 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 was it, because there was just the signs and everything that she was that her body was failing. And. So I went home, you know, completely exhausted. I took a nap and I was in that weird dream state where you're like half awake and half, half asleep. Mm-hmm. And I, hate I remember that it, state, by the way, like my body can't understand. I hate that state. Right. Yeah, I know. It's wild. I it's can't, wild. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember it was so vivid that I had to, in that state, I was having this dream where I had to make the decision of coming to grips that I was going to die. And I was, and I was like, okay, I'm letting go. This is, I I remember feeling the anxiety. And then when I finally made that decision, I just felt so at peace. And so, and then I woke up and I immediately texted my dad and and I said, dad, I, you know, I I just had this crazy dream. And he's like, Kara, mom was sharing that with you. That that is what she just had to go through, which was like so profound of him to say. I was just like kind of like blown away and shook it to thy core. You know, I was not to make light of it, but I mean, so all that's just all this to say that the living and the dying are going through these stages of grief. Granted, some people are killed and are, are, are killed some people have uh, there's a bajillion different ways that you can have like your death there's a death dying process but For sure. i think in my mom's case she probably went i can i mean i know she went through it i just because i was living it with her mm-hmm. you know she, she came home from the hospital denied 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 that it was happening mm-hmm. maybe there was some anger in there i'm uh, sure oh i'm sure anger at herself anger at yeah mm-hmm. and then interesting concept that I've never thought of the so while you're dealing with the anticipatory grief, your mom is like pre grieving her own death and the life she's not going to get to live with you and her grandbabies like that. That hurts. <laughs> like that, I know hurts me. I feel well, and I, has, I I think a lot. Not and I know that I shouldn't. It's stupid and it's probably anxiety. Blah blah blah. But like I think a lot and this again grief is linear this probably has this is probably a part of all of my brain trying to make sense of this life that I'm living but like I think a lot about how I I would never be ready to say goodbye to Diamond Parker and I would never be ready to say like I 
Oh, shit. No. This is probably like, sorry, listeners. This is probably the most like words, wordless, like Kara and I just like looking at each other teary eyed and like opening our mouths <laughs> and closing them. We just keep opening our mouth, <laughs> understanding what the other one's feeling and then tearing up about it. But I recently have done, I just wrote about this, about this idea called re-grief. And it is grieving for more than just yourself and grieving in like in different ways. So I have spent a lot of time grieving not only my mom, but for her, like for the life she's not getting to see. Like, so her grandbabies and I, and like I said, the last episode, I need to believe that there's a heaven because I need to believe that she is looking down on this life that I've created and she is seeing her grandbabies in that way, but still it's not the same. And so I, I do have been doing a lot as of late, just grieving in her place, I guess. Yeah. Like grieving, not like for her, but like literally for her, <laughs> like as if yeah. it's like, it's almost like for me, I'm putting myself in my mom's shoes and my mom's position. And, you know, I find myself constantly wondering like, mm-hmm. what, what was she thinking? and. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really, it doesn't really do me any good. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. No, this was a long tangent for me to say it doesn't do me any good either. It sends me on a a tangent of, okay, well, what if I die before yes. Parker, before Parker and Dom are, yes, and I can't, and I can't. So it's not, it's not, it's probably not like the most productive way, but these are real thoughts. <laughs> like these are, I know. Yeah. And you podcast can't. about real thoughts and real grief in real fucking time. And so, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It, it, these are real thoughts. And the fact of the matter is, is like, it's real. It's this is real fucking life. And like this, these are the cards that we've been dealt. Mm-hmm. And this is just how we're choosing to sometimes think about it. I'm sure we're not alone. No, you know, no, I can't. I be there's no way we can be alone. And I do have to say and I don't know if you've been, probably not because I keep answering them all because I'm just happen to be all over social media. But so we're recording this podcast, this episode, a week after our actual launch. And the outpouring of support Kara and I have gotten. Oh, crying. I'm going to start crying again. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yes. Like the amount of people who have reached out to us and said that we touched a nerve that we're describing things that they also felt and couldn't put words to yeah that was like I I spent a lot of time late last week sitting in that and sitting in that we are creating this space where people feel like we're we're serving them and I am happy and grateful and honored to show up on this mic with you week after week and tell it how it is, not only because I like talking to you, Miss Kara, but because mm. now we know, like for the first month we've been recording all these episodes, you and I have been like, all right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll just talk and see if people like it. And now we know that people like it. And I think for me, allowing me to come even more authentically and transparently because it's helping somebody out there. It's so true. And I hate Rashida for one is of the two of us is way more social savvy than I am. But uh, she's got her TikToks and her reels. I'm like, yes, I just like it and use an emoji. But so I'm learning. I'm learning. But I have seen all the messages and I am slower to respond. So I apologize for that. But I am I was just absolutely blown away. Absolutely blown away. Because like you said, you know, we were like, yeah, let's just let's just get on this thing and start start chit chatting and tell our stories and mm-hmm. you know, let's just see what happens. And then to hear the outpour of support and how that we have even helped people like identify their feelings because I know that was such a huge moment for me in my journey that you know helped realization the realization of everything. Gosh, I just don't. I truly just don't have the words. I am still at a loss for my gratitude for this community. And, you know, I, I've always been of the thought 
before this podcast that if if for nothing else, it's a creative outlet. But if mm-hmm. there is, if this touches or helps just one person or like five seconds of one person's life, then, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I am just blown away by that. So I, that's way yeah. more than I ever saw myself doing in life. Same. Same. Absolutely. Same. So moral of that story is keep sliding into our DMs. Keep letting uh, know that we are making a difference and we will keep showing up as transparently as possible, even if it is Kara and I just awkwardly looking at each other with tears in our eyes on a podcast that you can't see. Listen, yeah, (laughs) maybe one day. But listen, we are raw and unfiltered in real life. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't expect anything less from us on a on a podcast. In, in fact, Rashida and I got to go to lunch we, uh, last week, and it was awesome. And she was we were scrolling through Britney's Insta and how Britney did the Nike the Nike pictures. And so Rashida was zooming in on some areola, some lady, and the lunch line saw it. We were, she was I was zooming in on the areolas for Kara and our friend Heather to see who happened to be sitting across the table from me. And I mean, this is like a for we were at Companion Bakery for you St. Louisers. For you non-St. Louisers, I think of it as like a a Panera. But like better. But better. But better. Yes. Still sponsor us someday. Panera. Love it. But this is like 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 I don't want to say upper class, but anyways. So okay. So yeah, we're we're having lunch in this upper class cafe. Yeah, I don't want us to sound like no, we were it was just a central location for us. <laughs> no, and, yeah, yeah. We're not upper class, hence why I was zooming in on areolas to show Kara. <laughs> Listen. Oh I am braless tonight, girl. <laughs> That's the only way to go. I'm greased up like a glazed donut. I'm ready to Me too. I have all my I, I have all my essential oils on. I <laughs> Listen, if, if you can't podcast braless, then what are you doing with your life? I know. Not podcasting. But anyway, yeah. So we're raw. We're unfiltered. We're gonna give it to you the only way we know how. And that's with a lot of a lot of emotions. <laughs> that I do want to say that so when we touched on the five stages mm-hmm. of grief, and from my research, it looks like those were outlined in 1967. But there have been a a newer, we can link it in the show notes. It looks like this model was uh, developed in 2011, which would be well after my grief. So maybe that's why I've never heard of it. However, I think I like this one more. So this is the seven stages. Okay. So to recap, five stages are denial. That is shock is replaced. So you just like start with denial. So the initial shock is replaced with the feeling of this can't be happening to me. Then anger, the emotion and confusion that results from the loss may lead to anger or finding someone or something to blame. Bargaining, which was is a weird step to me, but the next stage may result in trying to negotiate with oneself or a higher power, which I guess I could see that part, to attempt to change what has occurred. Depression. Mm-hmm. We know what that is. And then acceptance. I like this, these seven more. So one would be shock and denial. Because I think it's weird to just straight up go to denial. Yeah. Shock, like shock is the news of losing someone, whether it's learning that they have cancer, learning that they died in a car accident, learning that they had a heart attack, whatever it is, then the initial news is shock. Right. And then denial was a strange one for me only because I don't know if I ever was in denial that I had lost my mom. I think because there wasn't, I didn't have a period of anticipatory grief. I didn't have to like, it was what it was like, right. Gone and she wasn't coming back. So I like though, I like that both of those combined as one. So that's one. Maybe Rashida, sorry, maybe, maybe when you initially heard the news, so shock or disbelief, mm-hmm. maybe then maybe that denial piece was really small, was like really short lived and maybe you maybe. remember it maybe. because you'd be like, because you could have been like, no, no, that there, there's no way that this is happening. No, my mom, until maybe you saw her or, you know, something else uh, like reality set in or something like that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, I don't totally know. Right. I don't know. No, you're totally right. It could be. <laughs> I I am denying the denial piece. However, yeah. I had <laughs> how, how large or small. Two is pain and guilt. So 
that's big. In the in the initial one, you go straight from denial to anger without the pain and the guilt. So I do think before I was angry, I was just so sad. I was so like my body hurt, like it hurt, it hurt. And I think the anger part only came because I was so sad. Like, so I like, I like pain and guilt. I don't, I don't like pain and guilt. (laughs) I like like having the label. Yeah. I like having that as two. Three is then anger and bargaining. Four. And, and I like anger and bargaining being combined because they're kind of the same thing. Like you're angry. So you, so you start to like try to make like if you, Take this pain away, God. I promise I'll never blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, four is depression, reflection, and loneliness. Five is what they're calling the upward turn. So mm-hmm. life becomes calmer, more organized as one starts to adjust to life with the loss that occurred. So you start to, you understand that this is the life that you're, you, the card, the card of cards, cards you've been dealt. And you start to look for ways to put it back together. So then six is actually putting it back together. So six is reconstruction and working through. And that's as a person starts to become more functional, realistic solutions seem possible for life after the loss. So typically I would assume that is when someone would start to seek a therapist or start going to therapy to start to work through all of the prior steps before. And then seven is acceptance and hope. So the last stage, a person learns to accept and deal with the reality of their situation. A person is more future-oriented and learns to cope. Yeah. I really like like that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I really like these seven stages. I like the outline of these seven stages of grief so much better. I feel like they are much more encompassing of my grief journey and, and obviously yours too. I also feel like it gives you like a little bit more, especially with it with number seven, acceptance and hope. It's like, listen, you're you are going to be like you will feel joy again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will you will be able to reconstruct. You're going to reconstruct this. You're going to work. Yes, yes. And so I read these like honestly shortly before, as I do my research in between one child going to sleep and the other child being awake. Right before yeah. I start recording, and I found <laughs> these. I found these, and I was like, this actually makes more sense this feels better like this feels like you just said like the end like the other one with the the five hard steps and there's no talk of reconstruction like all of a sudden you just go from depression to acceptance but like that does that happens no and you have to fucking do the work right so i like that stage being that's the stage you you have to work through it to get to acceptance and hope and I also think this one does a better job of, while it doesn't say it explicitly that grief isn't linear, but the right. acceptance, the acceptance says a person is more future oriented and learns to cope. Like that leads me to believe like there's room for, as I said, the high, the high acceptance and the low acceptance. Like I accept this is my life because, because it is. Right. But that doesn't mean I don't have bad days. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you don't have bad days and it doesn't mean that you're not going to not, that you're not going to never feel those other feelings again, those other Correct. stages again. Correct. I think it's, it, I think yeah, I still, yeah. I still will like just, I mean, it can be the silliest thing too, which I don't want something, if there's any, anyone who's listening who hasn't necessarily lost someone, which I think their grief is universal. It's the one, one of the many things that unite, that unites us. But if you don't, if you're afraid to bring up my mom or bring up my, my miscarriage or anything like that, I don't want you to feel that way because I, because if you're in fear of upsetting me or like make reminding me of it, Mm -hmm. it's not the case at all you know i it's Mm -hmm. it's, i can just be literally doing nothing and i'll be like fuck i should have a one month old right now Mm -hmm. son of a bitch so anyway it's that shock i guess maybe the shock and denial like it still hits me like a wave Mm -hmm. 
but then you have the acceptance and and the hope to bring you back and you're like well you know it is what it is i guess the nice the most well, frank way of putting it but you have you have you're able to bring yourself back to the acceptance and hope phase because you did the reconstruction phase like yeah because you you went to there like therapy is cool hashtag therapy is cool yeah you, you did you did the work to in the initial loss and you're even saying like maybe you could still use therapy right now as you're moving through but i think you can only that's why i really like this set because you can only really get to acceptance and hope by doing the work yes it's true mm-hmm. it is true mm-hmm. and i want i also want our listeners to know that this applies to a lot of aspects in your life. It doesn't have to be just applying to losing a person, yeah. losing a pet, a divorce, yeah. a yeah. breakup. Yes. Uh, your old life, i.e. COVID. Yes. I mean, yes. and that's what, something I definitely wanted to hit on here, too, is I think that we all know what a grief journey is now. So, like, we should take the veil off of not talking about grief because we all collectively as a world just went through a grief journey. We are no longer living the lives that we were living two years ago. And we're all in this trying to accept cope stage. You know, like our lives will never, ever be the same. And it's funny. I, I was, I was on a work call today and my friend, my coworker, Friend and coworker. I have friends in all places. But because you because you just you leave glitter and sunshine everywhere you go, Kara. So I'm not shocked. <laughs> I try. Actually, I don't even try. I'm usually down to always have a good time. So yep. whether but anyway, so you know, talking to my coworker and she said that she had a wedding. She was at a wedding this past weekend and she's like, Man, I came home and I just needed 24 hours of not talking to any more humans. I had so much human interaction, so much people interaction. And I was like, yes, I could totally see that. We live now this life. Like, I'm working from home and perm- not permanently for the time being, but like we are, my social, my social circle has so, and as of everyone's like so greatly gotten smaller that it's like gotten comfortable and it's a new way of life now. And that's what I'm used to. So yeah, to, to, our lives have completely changed as far as our social circles. And it is starting to pick up, pick back up though. And it's getting crazy but it, and it's tiring too. And I was going to say, and that's actually giving me anxiety. So like our calendar is, it's like anxiety on two fronts. Anxiety because I... I don't totally know what the rules are anymore. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. want to get I don't want to get COVID, but I do want to see my friends. But I don't want to get COVID, but I do want to see my friends. So I'm that I'm vaccinated and yeah, yeah but, but I'm vaccinated yeah. and I'm confused. Like I just want to follow the rules. Like I just oh, there are rules, but I don't yeah. know what they are. That's no one knows. I am not, not trying to like. I just tell me what to do to end this thing, and I will do it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I think that that's, I think that's how a lot of people feel. Like, hey, yeah. what we got to do? Let's just do this. But no one fucking knows. No one knows. And so that's causing me anxiety. And then I have anxiety though, because my schedule is full, fuller than it's been for two years now. Yes, I know. And yeah. And then you have sick pee. I'm tired. He's sick this week. Yeah. And you're tired. Gosh. No, no. We made it. Well, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Knock on some wood. Here we go. She's not. She's, she's. But again, grieving pandemic babies, grieving all the germs she should have fucking had in her first year that we're now getting. Yes. God, I know. That's, I know. And that, that, I know you should be well past that by now, but you know. No, no. Nope. So yeah. Anyways, all that to say. Yeah. All that to say is that this, the grief is, I think I, you know, read that in your, your blog post too, that as you know, we kind of went through this globally together. Mm-hmm. That is something that has completely united us. I remember just in the midst of like the thick of the pandemic, driving to probably Target because that's such a like, <laughs> and just being like, holy shit, just, you know, and you know, in your car and you're just thinking about whatever. I remember thinking like, 
oh my God, like this is such a scary time for literally every single person in the world. It's just wild to me to think of it like that. So I never, I never, ever, ever, ever want to do that again in my life. Like I was telling one of our friends, Kip, that I think that that, so so Kara, Kara sent me a lovely like, congrats for rage quitting. It's your rage quitting anniversary. <laughs> yesterday, Monday, yeah. two, the two year anniversary of me rage quitting the job that Kara and I had worked at um, because I, long story short, got like bullied and stood up for myself and the bully didn't like that. Yes. She gone. And so, but that actually like triggered what was, I think, the most difficult nine months of my entire effing life because then I, and not even because of that, like just because of it was just the the thing that set off the thing that set off the thing that set off yeah. the thing. And so then I, that, and then my best friend's husband passes away randomly and shockingly. And then I find out I'm pregnant with P and then, which was good. That was a highlight. That was a woo highlight. You know, and it, it's like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just like another thing and another thing and another thing. Yes. And then I got yeah. like, you had to go to Lizzo and not drink. I remember that. No, I did go to Lizzo because I hadn't peed on the stick yet though. So I did not know okay. I was pregnant. Okay. 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 Did, did drink okay. at Lizzo. Okay. Um, God. I was, yeah. I was really worried. <laughs> I was feeling good as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lizzo. I had to do it. So, and then after that, so I find out I'm pregnant with P was just like, oh, okay, another thing. Then I have like the worst morning sickness to where I pretty much can't get out of bed until 18 weeks. Oh. And then I started my new job under that. And then right just as I was like starting to feel better, we went into a pandemic and I was scared. And so, and then I was pregnant and scared and nobody knew what was going on with pregnant people and COVID and the effects. And all of those things. And at that point, we people were kept saying, well, kids, are, kids don't get it. And kids aren't affected at that. Point. Yes. But we all pulled our kids home from daycare. So then I was pregnant and pregnant and working in toddler parenting and not, oh my God, we're missing. Shit. And like also working through a grief journey of being a girl mom when that wasn't what I was ready for. Right. And so I just truly think those were the the hardest nine months of my life because I there were too many things as Ben's mom said like by the time the pandemic hit it was like piling shit onto like an already piled on shit pile like I was already like I was already so far under that there was no I couldn't I just couldn't like and I think back to that and my body like crumbles in on itself because like I barely made it <laughs> like my goal back then like at the end was to just get pee out like I just needed to I knew that if I could just arrive at the birth of pee I would be okay and for right. some strange reason all of that and it could be the whole reason we started this podcast right like it's hard to grieve and be a mom and a fucking pandemic on that right and we're all we're all doing we're all trying to grieve or like figuring all that together. It was just hard. Long story short, it was just fucking hard. That was, I don't know if I've ever been that mentally low for that prolonged period of time, like since my mom passed away. Oh my gosh. To ha and I only know it as those, all of those, most of the You only know it all together. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And so <laughs> I really don't know which one's like better or worse or like, like, I would hate to have to, like, relive all of that again. But also, we... But on you know, the flip side, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. I'm over here, like, yippee-apping about my hard nine months. And you're like, but my mom died. So my hard nine. <laughs> <laughs> but what you went through was a lot. And you're like, you don't <laughs> No, I know. I think... Well, no, I think because we have similar stories and that our mom died and you know going through the you know among other things we have a lot more in common <laughs> you know it just I think that maybe that that helps make us you know there's just so many there's so many other people out there that have similar-ish stories and mm -hmm. I mean there's also people out there who are like 2020 was the best year of my life like sorry about ya and I'm like yeah that's good yeah you know? 
least somebody somewhere. I don't, I can't name who that person was, but I saw it. Mm. Anyway. Uh, I. No, nor I. I. Yeah, we definitely want to share those seven stages of grief that you outlined. Yes. Uh, I'll share the, share the website and show notes and maybe do a little Insta post too. I think so. I just feel like it's a lot less like drab than the five. The five just felt like so cut, dry, black and white. Like, right. It's what you do. I am a grief robot. But the seven just felt more like this is how it actually works. I completely agree. It feels more us, Mm -hmm. more hopeful. Mm-hmm. joy that you know like i said before that there is like the seven one there's the seventh i don't want to say like the seventh stage but like the seventh yeah so <laughs> yeah acceptance and hope that there truly is joy in the journey i promise i promise you find it and i think you're gonna find it kara with the birth of your son because gosh i'm gonna have a son. you are you are and i think it's 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 joyous and sweet like I think Ben and I also joke that like Parker gave us something else to focus on <laughs> like she did she did yeah. like she broke she broke up the pandemic for us like she like she came into this world and like I haven't really stopped smiling since almost like, you know like I think that this little bundle of joy and amazingness is going to make you yes sad I'm not gonna lie to you there are gonna be moments that you're gonna be like shit yeah, my mom should have been here for this, and this really sucks. Like this really sucks. But yeah. then, like I don't know something about babies. Oh, I mean, they're little puppies, and oh my god, especially when they start to get like little chunky tootsie roll arms. I call them because there's it's got like five chunk here, chunk there. Oh, it's just so generous. Oh, it's this. I know, and they're so teeny. Oh my god. Oh, I know, and I. I I think about a lot, you know, about my when I do go in to have a baby. My mom won't won't physically be there. I know she'll be there spiritually, and which is just not the damn same. No, no, and that yes, you're allowed to say that. It's not the fucking same. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It fucking sucks. And I guess, and I always like try to think, figure out like why does it suck so bad? But I think it's like the validation. I guess it's the validation. Like I. My mom has always made me feel very validated. Like, it's not like I'm yearning for that. I don't I don't know. Don't know. Just want my damn mom there. Just want my mom there to see him, to tell me that his cute little peetsy poos are the cutest little curly toes, the side of the Mississippi, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I can promise you that you'll have some joy there, too. Like in the birth and of raising both my kids, because neither of them have gotten to meet my mom. I there's like I don't know I don't, bittersweet's not it I don't know there's like a sweet joy you'll 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 we'll 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 circle back to the feeling I'm trying to describe <laughs> when he gets here because I don't know there's just a sweet it is sad but it's also a sweet joy in that comes with motherhood anyways and when you have lost life looking at new life yeah it's kind of cool. It is cool. It it really, I remember when Ellie was born and I still look at her and I'm like, gosh, how can you, for me personally, because I am such a faith-based person that I look at the, at her and looked at her when she was a baby, like, how could you, this is a true miracle, how, how that she came to be and that mm-hmm. she is where she is and I am where I am and that, you know, we are where we all are. I know the whole like really that are kind of kind of crazy. <laughs> I know. It, that the, the female body just straight up grows a whole human. I told Brian that yesterday cuz cuz baby was like kicking around like a crazy like a crazy little kid was like there's like an actual human in my tummy right now guys. Like Brian, not guys, of some Brian. This is like it's <laughs> strange for me. Then I'm the one who's to is carrying carrying him like it's it's so wild that there's a human inside of me. Like, yes. So anyway, okay. I feel like veering off. Did we do here. it? Sorry. I know. Yeah, I think. Like, did we do it? Did we? Do you feel like we have covered stages of grief? And I feel like we've covered a lot of 
stages of <laughs> stages of broccoli, stages of grief. So we're stages of hangovers. Yeah. Because <laughs> guess what? Hangovers also not when you're at church. You're still, <laughs> you're still drinking that damn wine. I no, I've moved to water. I am did unwell. I am unwell. No, I did. I did. Keena okay. say Keena okay. I didn't. Okay. I was like, damn, you must still be hurting if you didn't finish. I am unwell. <laughs> tomorrow wednesday i think wednesday it, is gonna be the turning point for you and you're gonna be on the well, thursday is my birthday so i gotta bring it back oh god yes that's right oh my god you gotta turn it <laughs> i get it and then you're gonna go on some vacation i think no i'm like, taking time off work <laughs> good for you yes no no vacation we're still weirdly undecided on how we feel about going on actual vacation with the shit that is this pandemic yeah. Uh, so no, just saying. Well, yeah, that's the best. Mm-hmm. That is truly the best. All right. I do feel like we've kind of covered a lot. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of like keep bringing home that it's a more than just, you know, like it's so much more than just losing a person. But I think we yeah. touched on that with COVID. So I think I think we're chilling. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast. When times get tough, just remember, you're a badass bee and you got this, mama. Yay. Thanks, guys. Oh, bye.